With the NFL draft right around the corner, it's time for us to give our final 2020 first round mock draft. Three GMs, 32 picks, who are truly first round caliber players. The complete first round is here now on Beyond the Blitz. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, ladies and gentlemen. Blitz crew back at it as always. Brandon Wells, Justin Rogers, special guest joining us today is news director of WSVA News Station in Harrisonburg, Virginia, and sports broadcaster for both JMU and Bridgewater College Athletics, Carl Magenhofer. Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me. Appreciate you coming on. Want to tell the fans a little bit about yourself? Yeah, well, I guess the uh, easiest way to describe me is a Baltimore native. Grew up uh, rooting for the Colts and for the Orioles, so I guess maybe the Colts gives away a little bit of my age there. And then, uh, you know, radio was and broadcasting was not my number one thing that I did, but uh, wound up finding my way and eventually got into the news business. And I am the news director, as you mentioned, at uh, WSVA in Harrisonburg. And really got that job to just try and get into the business and then find my way maybe uh, get some gig in sports wound up getting to do some james madison university stuff and uh, also uh, very fortunate to be doing both basketball and football for bridgewater college and uh, really have enjoyed doing that so uh, i mean in a, in a quick nutshell and quick and dirty that's what it is should probably also mention that in the middle of all that really got to fulfill my dream uh, I got to do a season of double-A baseball and uh, did broadcast, did play-by-play -play for the Bowie Bay Sox. And uh, that, that was a lot of fun and quite honestly is uh, probably uh, professionally the most fun that I've had. Well, I'm happy to finally have the man who essentially taught me how to properly do sports broadcasting. So it's good to finally have you on the show. The 2020 first round NFL mock draft. It's coming up right around the corner. And, you know, I think it's about time we do it. We did this last year and it was one of my favorite episodes we recorded. So we're back here doing it again. I guess it's sort of a beyond the blitz tradition to do it the week before the draft. Three rules for this. Each of us have a predetermined draft order. We are essentially role playing as the GMs for these teams. So we have a list of where we're picking, who is picking, and then we give our pits. It's that simple. We take our pick, and then we talk a little bit about the player that the team's picked and why they're going to be a good fit with these teams. Each GM is allotted one trade throughout the first round of the draft. If you wanted the trade up for a GM from a different team, then you must say, I have a trade proposal, give your proposal, and then the other GM can either decline it or accept it, and then the two teams will switch places. Again, we are assuming that all of this is live and is happening in real life, so we have to adjust team needs as the draft goes on. So with all that being said, Carl, since you're the guest, it's only right that you get the first pick. So with that being said, the Bengals are on the clock. You guys let me off easy. You gave me the very easiest pick in the draft, the very first pick. No doubt about it. Even the Bengals can't screw this up with the first pick. In the 2020 NFL Draft, the Cincinnati Bengals take what will be their franchise quarterback, Joe Burrow. Uh, I just, there's no two ways around it. I've got to believe that uh, even in this this age of of self-quarantine, uh, if they did not take Joe Burrow, the people would come out of their homes, onto the streets, and they might burn down the stadium. No doubt, Joe Burrow, number one pick, Cincinnati Bengals.
there has been so much speculation about will Joe Burrow pull a John Elway and flake on the Bengals. No, no, he is not. He's an Ohio native. He loves the state. He's going to be happy to play with the Bengals, and he's going to love turning that franchise into a winning program. The Redskins are on the clock. With the Washington Redskins, as Carl was saying earlier, this is a very easy pick. In my opinion, the first five picks of this draft are pretty much predetermined, for the first time ever, perhaps. But the Washington Redskins, they have to select, and there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Edge rusher Chase Young from Ohio State. The single greatest talent from this NFL draft, and he's going to go to a team that needs this kind of talent. The Redskins have a lot of missing pieces, and Chase Young can come together, be the leader for this team, and provide that defensive force that they have been missing the last couple of years. You already have guys like Montez Sweat and Ryan Kerrigan in Washington, so having a third guy like him and just being able to put him in third down situations will be huge for the Redskins, especially in a weak NFC East. So, I mean, he could really help out the Redskins from day one. The Lions are on the clock. Yeah, I think with the Lions, this one is also a no-brainer. I mean, you just lost Darius Slay. I mean, not lost. I mean, you got a draft pick back from the Eagles for him. And you need a cornerback. The only way I see them not getting this man with this pick is that if the Chargers or the Dolphins decide to trade up to number three. But with the third overall pick and the 2020 NFL draft, the Detroit Lions select Jeff Okuda, cornerback. Ohio State. And again, this is another no-brainer. Okuda is the best corner in this draft. We have back-to-back Ohio State defense of players in this draft going back-to-back. I think these three picks, this is what's going to happen. Okuda, he's a great cover guy, and especially because they got Trufant, and now you have your number two guy who will become the number one guy by his second season in the NFL. He can play one-on-one. He can play zone coverage. He can do whatever you really ask him to. Uh, He's one of the better cornerback prospects coming out of the draft the past three years. Uh, This would be a very smart pick by the Detroit Lions. The Giants are on the clock. New York Giants have uh, spent a lot of capital on the offensive side of the football. Saquon Barkley, the running back, Daniel Jones at quarterback, And I don't think there's any doubt that that's where they've got to invest yet again. And it's a guy to either hold him back from sacking Daniel Jones or to open some holes for Saquon Barkley. And that is why, with the number four pick in the 2020 draft, the New York Giants are going to take Makai Becton, offensive tackle, out of Louisville. Uh, And, you know, basically he's going to have to fill in at that right tackle spot. He is a massive human being, uh, but still light feet. Uh, He played both sides of the line with Louisville, and that's kind of why I'm picking him here, is I just think that he is the most versatile of the guys. You might see somebody else on on, on the offensive line uh, that that may grade out higher. Uh, Becton may not be the guy that you think uh, is the number one pick here out of the offensive lineman, but he's going to be the pick for the New York Giants if I'm the GM. I'm going to take a little bit of an opinion. I don't think, I think he's the fourth rated offensive tackle, in my opinion, out of all the tackles here. Um, in my opinion, I think Worfs is the best tackle um, because you need a guy who has speed. We can talk about that later when he gets picked. But, I mean, it's between getting a guy on your defense and getting an offensive tackle, and you need someone to protect your star quarterback. So I think a tackle is really good here for the Giants. The Dolphins are on the clock. The Miami Dolphins are another team like Washington that have a lot of holes. And I think if Betton is still here, they need to take a very strong consideration at him because he 
is that offensive talent that they need because let's face it, Miami has the worst offensive line in the NFL, but every single team needs a leader under center. If you don't have that guy under center, it doesn't matter what kind of offensive line you have. You're still going to have a losing season. And if you somehow do squeak into the playoffs, you're going to be one and done. You need that all-star quarterback under center and the Dolphins do not have that. And there was one quarterback in this draft that I cannot see in any other uniform except orange and blue. And that is Tua Tagovailoa. Alabama quarterback. He is a very balanced quarterback. He has had some injury struggles, especially at the end of last season, and he hasn't been able to check in with teams like they've wanted him to here during the COVID pandemic. However, he has been saying that he's been doing great. He has sent videos of himself working out. Everything seems to be good. They're in the clear, and the Dolphins have three first-round picks. I don't think that Tagovailoa will fall that far into the draft. They need to get their guy right here. They need to do it now, or else they're going to suffer another losing season. The Chargers are on the clock. Yeah, I think the Chargers, um, they don't have as many holes as the Dolphins do. I mean, you're talking about offensive line. I mean, uh, if they had holes, I would draft an offensive lineman right here. But they have a pretty solid offensive line. They just got some good offensive linemen with some trades and in free agency. So I think that's not where they're going to go. Right now, Phil Rivers just left, and you need a quarterback to fill that hole. Tyra Taylor, his entire career has been him backing up Joe Flacco. And then coming in and being the transition quarterback for every team he's been on since Baltimore. So I think he's going to do the same thing here. And so with the sixth pick in the NFL draft, the Los Angeles Chargers will select Justin Herbert, quarterback, Oregon. Justin Herbert's one of those guys who is sneakily a very athletic quarterback. I mean, seeing him play in the senior bowl, seeing him play in the bowl game that he played in, he was slinging the ball far. He has an arm for a guy who's very mobile. I mean, we see a lot of these guys in the NFL right now, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Deshaun Watson, all these guys who are very mobile, having cannons of arms, and Justin Herbert is going to follow that trend. And he won't start day one for the Los Angeles Chargers, but he's going to be there under center in the shotgun for the Los Angeles Chargers by halfway through the season. And with the seventh seed, may even make them a contender. In my opinion, I think Herbert is a better fit for the Chargers than Love. For me, I have Love rated higher than Herbert. But just as far as a fit goes, I think Herbert would fit them better. And with Love, it was the same thing with Patrick Mahomes coming out of college. Nobody really knew what to think of him. There's a lot of high ceiling, but again, like inaccuracies, throwing interceptions. I mean, you, you don't know really what to do with a quarterback. So I think he might go later in the first round if he does at all go in the first round. But I would rate him higher just because of that high ceiling like Mahomes had. Um, But Herbert was a better fit in Los Angeles. The Panthers are on the clock. And for the Panthers with this seventh pick in the draft, I think you've got to start to address the defense here. And Panthers will select Derek Brown, defensive tackle Auburn, uh, with the seventh pick in the 2020 draft. And I think that uh, Brown is kind of, he's really the best guy on the board, in my opinion, when you're talking about trying to find a defensive lineman and and perhaps somebody that might be able to assist with either the pass rush or stopping the run. And uh, this is a Panthers team that's going to need to shore up the defense. I think they'll be able to score plenty of points. I'm not sure they'll be able to stop many folks this season. Yeah, that's a very interesting pick because they just lost Luke Keekley and one of the best defensive players in the draft right now, in my opinion, is still on the board. So very interesting pick. But I mean, front four, you mean you always have to share that up. And 
Uh, Brown is a very good run stuffer, and there's a lot of good running attacks in that NFC South, so that could definitely be somewhere where the Panthers could go with number seven pick. The Cardinals are on the clock. The Arizona Cardinals got their guy last year. They had the first overall pick, and they picked up Kyler Murray, and he he met expectations. He played pretty well, and I think he's going to have a very good sophomore campaign. However, that is going to be based off of who they pick up this year, and he needs help up front. He needs time to throw the football. He has great receivers now with Larry Fitzgerald and DeAndre Hopkins now with the new trade. And, you know, they need help. Mekhi Becton is gone. I think that's who they wanted. But now they have a very versatile player, could play guard or tackle, still on the board. The Arizona Cardinals with the eighth overall pick in the 2020 draft pick up offensive lineman Tristan Worse, Iowa. Tristan Worse is a big boy, six foot five, 320 pounds, and he can move people and he can move himself. He's fast, he's agile, he's a good pass protector, he's aggressive, he's powerful, and he has a lot of experience under his belt. He's gone up against those good players like your Chase Young type players. And he has shown that he is worthy of getting this job. And the Cardinals did a great lineman here with Tristan Worse. The Jaguars are on the clock. There are so many needs right now for the Jaguars, especially that defense. There are two players I'm looking at, but this is the same exact situation they were in last year. They had a plan. They were going to pick an offensive tackle. And then Josh Allen just fell into their lap. And this is the exact same situation right now. And I would be very intrigued to maybe take a trade from someone. But right now, you got to pick the best player on the board. And they did it last year, and they're going to do it again. Isaiah Simmons, linebacker, Clemson. Isaiah Simmons, in my opinion, is right behind Chase Young as the second best player in this draft. He could play safety. He could play linebacker. I mean, a lot of linebackers right now, they need those coverage skills, which... He does have a very fast linebacker. We saw that at the Combine. Uh, he has a lot of agility, especially the Jaguars, who had a great defense two or three years ago. They want to pump that right back into the lifeblood of that defense. You want to do that, and you're going to do it here when getting Isaiah Simmons. I agree with what you said about him and Chase Young, the two best players in the draft. Isaiah Simmons is the best available, and the Jaguars, same thing as last year. They get the guy that they need. Too bad the Jaguars just have too many holes for it to make that much of a difference. The Browns are on the clock. The Browns rarely do anything right. So I think I'm going to use history as my guide if I'm the Browns. And I know that I had a guy on my team whose last name was Thomas, who was pretty good. And so I think that I'm going to pick another guy whose last name is Thomas. So with the 10th pick in the 2020 NFL draft, the Cleveland Browns select Andrew Thomas offensive tackle out of Georgia. And this is a guy I think that is, he's a cultural fit for this team. Uh, he's a football need for them. He is a football fit for them. But at the very same time, he's a type of guy I think is going to fit that culture there in Cleveland. And, and again, something that they need uh, on that football team. The Jets are on the clock. This is the easiest pick since the Redskins, in my opinion, here in the draft. I cannot believe this player fell to the Jets. They just lost Robbie Anderson. And who is still on the board that can help out Sam Darnold in the passing game? None other than receiver CeeDee Lamb out of Oklahoma. He's a physical dude. He's a great route runner, great hands. And he is that consistent dude that the Jets have not had on their team in a long time. He is going to help Sam Darnold out so much to at least make this team a competitor. The Raiders are on the clock. With the Raiders here, I mean, like you said, slam dunk, 
just like the Jets, they haven't had a receiver since Amari Cooper, and they took him with the top five pick a couple years ago. For some reason, Gruden decided to trade one of the best players on their team away, and now it's coming back to a head, and they need to pick the best receiver available. In my opinion, Lamb was is the best receiver in this draft, but now you got to go with Jerry Judy, wide receiver, Alabama. And there's a lot of controversy of whether Lamb is the best receiver or Judy is the best receiver. Regardless, the Raiders are getting a great receiver here. Maybe not as good as Amari Cooper coming out of Alabama, but man, is he physical. And even with him being so physical and so big, he still has speed to get down the field. And it doesn't matter who's going to be your quarterback, whether it's Marcus Mariota or whether it's Derek Carr. You're going to be able to get down the field. You're going to be able to get that passing attack going, especially with having a good running game with Josh Jacobs right behind you. The 49ers are on the clock. For the 49ers, the guy I had as my next pick was just taken, Jerry Judy, who I thought would have been the perfect replacement uh, for some of the receivers that will no longer be there. And certainly uh, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to need somebody to throw to in addition to the core that he's got. But uh, that sends me then, instead of reaching for the next receiver on down the list, I think they're going to fill a need here and they're going to fill it with the number one, in my opinion, the number one corner still left on the board. So with the 13th pick in the 2020 NFL draft, the San Francisco 49ers select C.J. Henderson, cornerback out of Florida. Yeah, I really like this pick right here because Sherman, he had an all-pro season last year, but he's not getting any younger. And I mean, you tried in the past, um, last year trying to get Jason Barrett, didn't really work out. They don't really have a number two corner. Start preparing for the future and start making more Super Bowl runs by getting your number two and for the future, possibly number one corner for this team. Well, you really got to think, if you're going to take your path back to the Super Bowl, if you're the 49ers, think about the past happy teams that you're going to have to probably get past, uh, you know, and, and corner is a need. And it's uh, it's certainly a need in the NFC as they try to move forward, if they have any kind of Super Bowl aspirations again. The Buccaneers are on the clock. Hey, I want to make a trade with you. All right. What is it? Let me hear it. All right. I'm the Dolphins. I want to trade up for my guy at offensive tackle. So I'll give you my first this year, a second this year, and a second next year, moving up only four spots. Hmm. See, that's hard because there's a player here I think fits Tampa Bay very well. Mm. I think they can wait, though. So a first this year and two fir- and a second this year and a second next year? Yep. All right. Accepted. The Dolphins are on the clock. All right, so if you're the Miami Dolphins, you're moving up here to, you didn't get your guy at five. You decided to go and get Tua. Uh, Now you need offensive line. You traded Laramie Tunsil, who was your guy that fell to you drafts years and years ago. And there's a guy who should have been picked in the top 10, uh, offensive tackle out of Alabama, Jedrick wills in my opinion the number two offensive tackle on the board how did he fall all the way to 14 i have no idea but if you're the dolphins you have to make a move like this you're not giving up another first round pick you're only giving up a second this year and next year for him and here is a guy that is going to protect your franchise quarterback he is a good left tackle he's going to protect that blind side especially i mean earlier carl you were talking about the injuries of Tua, well, the one way he can't get 
you know, hurt as much is by protecting them. And what are you going to do? Get that staple left tackle for your team. I think the Dolphins, this would be a smart move for them. So you're guessing that he would not be available by the time it got to your pick at 18. I would think the Broncos, because the Broncos, they selected, I think his name is Bowles a couple years ago, and he has not been doing well for them. I know the Broncos have a couple other needs, but I mean, the Broncos have been a team in the past that like to go best available. And um, I just think that the Dolphins, I mean, you would just think, I mean, it's only a second round pick. You have another first round pick this year. Uh, might as well go up and get your guy. I just don't think he would fall to 18. Yeah, and I think in some draft uh, analysis, I've seen him as kind of the number eight overall player in the draft. So, I mean, high value pick either way. The Broncos are on the clock. So if you're the Broncos, you have a couple of needs here, but I think one need you have continuously is receiver. And there are two receivers right now that are still on the board for the Broncos. Yes, you have Sutton who made the Pro Bowl last year. And right now, if you're the Broncos, you got to pick your guy. And right now, I'm going to pick my number three receiver on the board, Justin Jefferson, wide receiver out of LSU. Jefferson, again, Joe Burrow, great quarterback, but I don't really think he could have done what he did without Jefferson. He's a home run hitter for this team. You just got your quarterback last year in Drew Locke, who really helped turn this team around towards the end of the year. And there's a lot of buzz right now with that seventh seed where the Broncos, they might want to make a run. How about get your number two wide receiver, Justin Jefferson? He is rising up draft boards, possibly being the number three receiver in this draft class. I would not be surprised if somebody maybe tried to trade above the Broncos at 14, maybe to get Justin Jefferson, but great pick here. It's interesting that you have Jefferson as your number three receiver in this draft. I have him as my number five. The Falcons are on the clock. Trade proposal. All right. What do you got? The LA Rams. They have no first round picks, right? However, they have the 52nd and the 57th draft pick. So two second round draft picks. The LA Rams will offer both of those second round picks to the Falcons for this pick. Boy, there's a lot of holes on my team. And uh, I understand your situation. But uh, I've got an opportunity to get a top 10 talent uh, right now in this pick here at 16. So I'm not going to accept the trade. Okay, fair enough. And I feel like if if I'm the Falcons, really two different ways I could go here. I'm looking defensive side of the football, and there's a part of me that wonders how Javon Kinlaw is still on the board at this point. But Kinlaw is, in my opinion, falling this far simply because the incredible talent at wide receiver and the incredible talent at offensive line And right now, Kinlaw, I've got him rated as the number nine guy uh, overall. And and I'm going to have to take him here. So I'm with the uh, with this pick. I'm going to take Javon Kinlaw, South Carolina defensive tackle. Yeah, I think Javon Kinlaw, he's right behind Derek Brown, if not even better than Derek Brown. Brown is one of those guys who can at this level be a run stuffer. But Kinlaw can rush the passer. I think he probably will be one of the better pass rushing defensive tackles in the NFL since right now, Aaron Donald. He might not be as good as Aaron Donald, but as far as getting to the quarterback, I think he can do it very well. 
You can also put Kinlaw on a 3-4 type of defensive scheme, put him as an edge rusher, and then he can contain that entire side of the field. Nothing's going to go to his side of the field because he is a big man, and he can bully around offensive linemen. I like this pick. The Cowboys are on the clock. You know, the Cowboys could really use some defensive talent coming into the next season. They have a lot of talent on both sides of the ball, really. They have a decent unit coming up. However, in the Cowboys situation here, I think you have to take best available. And the best available here is safety, Grant Delpit out of LSU. Delpit, you can move him anywhere on the field. He's not just a safety. He has a defensive back. You can play as a corner, bring him up in the slot. He could play linebacker even, but he's a fast, physical dude. Put him back deep. Nothing's going to be thrown deep on them. He is the best available player, and he's another player I'm surprised dropped this far because I think he is top 10, definitely top 15 talent. And for him to still be available here right now, the Cowboys got a steal. I think it's interesting that you picked him instead of Xavier McKinney here because I mean, right now, just looking at a bunch of different sources and looking at ESPN and looking at NFL and looking at a couple of different places, it's been back and forth between the two. But Grant Delpit has been falling down draft boards um, the what for whatever reason the past couple of weeks. So I'd be surprised if he was picked this early, but it is a need for the Dallas Cowboys. And a safety definitely is something that they need to pick with this pick at some point. The Buccaneers are on the clock. The Buccaneers got everything that they needed out of this trade that they received because the player that the Buccaneers need is still on the board. Again, best available, but not only that, you fill the position that you need to fill the most. You just got Tom Brady. You re-signed your best players. They are back. They are making a run at it this year or never. And who's still on the board? None other than the first running back taken in this draft, DeAndre Swift out of Georgia. He is elusive in May I say Swift. He can read holes like none other, and he's the one to be breaking a lot of big runs. This kid reminds me a lot of Saquon Barkley coming out of college. Running back was certainly a problem for the Bucks last year as they tried to figure out who was going to take that on. Peyton Barber was obviously not the guy, and uh, I, I think running back may be a way they go. It's just funny the way the NFL has started to look at running backs, though, and how much do they respect that position? Are you still taking a running back number one? You know, uh, other than Saquon Barkley or somebody like that, are you, are you still taking a guy in the first round at the running back position? I think you need to give this Buccaneers offense as much talent as you can. And Tom Brady is a player who needs at least a half decent run game to take a little bit of pressure off of him because he's old. He's not getting any younger. He's in a new scheme, a new team. He has great receivers, but he has no one underneath to catch the balls for him. And he's a check down type of guy and he needs that player that can catch those balls underneath and Swift is also a he duels off as a receiving back so yes I think this is the pick that they need to make well I mean with the Bucks though I think you have to pick best available Swift I think talent wise is the best available but you have so many other running backs this running back class is one of the better ones I've seen in, in a while and you have guys like Jonathan Taylor J.K. Dobbins Clyde Edwards Eler who will be there in the second round so I think this is a reach but if this is what they're going for, why not trade down again? Because if they know they want their running back, but they know they can get them later, I mean, continue to just accumulate picks. If this is their draft strategy, maybe trade down more. The Raiders are on the clock. Well, I originally had slated for the Raiders to get Justin Jefferson uh, with this pick. Obviously, he's gone. Plus, earlier in the draft, they already added a wide receiver. So that's no longer a need. So that sends me on the other side of the football where this team is certainly needy. And I'm trying to figure out if I want a defensive tackle or if I want, uh, I don't want a corner, 
But what I do want is probably a linebacker. And the guy I've got pegged is Kenneth Murray, inside linebacker from Oklahoma. And that's who the Raiders will take here with the 19th pick in the 2020 draft. I mean, if you're the Raiders, I think that Kenneth Murray is the best available player right now, except maybe Chase on from LSU, the edge rusher, but they got their edge rusher last year in Crosby. But this year, I think Kenneth Murray, he's going to be a great dual threat with the linebacker. They just got out of free agency this year. So yeah, great pick here for the Raiders. Kenneth Murray also tore his hamstring at the combine. He's had no contact injury right before he got drafted. It's not a good sign. I think that right there lowers his draft stock a little bit. He is a great player if this doesn't come back as a factor again. However, I can see his draft stock possibly going down within the next week. The Jaguars are on the clock. Jacksonville, they probably had the worst offseason so far. They have done nothing. Even the dude they franchise tag is basically begging to get out so they need this defensive help and they need it quick they have a lot of holes as is but they need the defensive help right now and as you were just saying justin clavon chase on is still on the board and i think that's who they got to get right now edge rusher out of lsu he's an outside linebacker he can double off as an end he's a versatile player he's fast he can read the field pretty well and, and this dude is what the jaguars need the eagles are on the clock Thank you, Brandon, for not picking the player that I wanted because I think the Jaguars have a big need at receiver and the Eagles have a pretty big need at receiver too. Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson are not getting any younger. Uh, They did not have their guy um, who the Raiders of all teams picked up and Nelson Aguilar. And so they need a guy. And right now, I mean, my number four receiver on the board, he's probably one of the better receivers a big speed guy who they had Nelson Aguilar but I think the hands are there uh better than Aguilar and that's Henry Ruggs the third wide receiver out of Alabama if you are an Eagles fan you would be so happy to have a receiver like Henry Ruggs fall outside the top 20 right to you I will not be surprised if the Eagles maybe even try to trade up for a receiver like Justin Jefferson or Henry Ruggs but I think this is really where the Eagles have to go if not maybe a cornerback but I don't think any of the corners are good enough really to pick maybe until the late first round but right here for the Eagles you got your speed guy who has some hands and I think Carson Wentz would be really happy with this pick yeah the fast guy is swooping down the sidelines for a man like Carson Wentz who makes the types of throws he does assuming Wentz can stay healthy this is a huge offensive pickup for the Eagles the Vikings are on the clock so the guy I want to pick here it was just taken off the board in Henry Ruggs the third. So I'm I'm curious if on the real draft day there might be some discussion there about a quick little trade. But uh, as all the reasons that you outlined, the Eagles would be thrilled to get Ruggs and probably would not be willing to give up that pick. So uh, again, much like some of my other picks, now I got to go on the other side of the ball because I think the next wide receiver is a little bit of a reach here at 22 when there's some other guys on the board. Yeah, I'm going to add Xavier McKinney. I really need a corner, but I'm going to get anybody in that defensive backfield uh, that I can get uh, with this good of a pick. And I've got McKinney rated as the 13th best player in the draft. I feel pretty good picking him up here in the 22nd. So with the 22nd pick in the 2020 NFL draft, the Minnesota Vikings select Xavier McKinney, safety from Alabama. Xavier McKinney and Harrison Smith right next to each other. Man, that is going to be a good secondary. And especially if maybe a cornerback falls to them, possibly. 
Um, with a later pick, that would make their secondary so much better. Great pick here by the Vikings. The Patriots are on the clock. New England finally has a decent first-round pick. They haven't had a first-round pick this early in a long time. And I never thought I'd say this, but the Patriots have a lot of holes. I want to go tight end here, but I just don't think there's any tight end talent that is capable of being in the first round. You can maybe look at Adam Trotman, but I don't think that you should do that in the first round. Otherwise, Bill Belichick, I don't think, is content of sitting back and having a questionable quarterback under center. I think that they need to get a little bit of a competition going on there. This dude might not start his first year, but he also might at least exercise some talent, see where he's at. Maybe he could step as a starter one day. And with the 23rd pick in the NFL draft, the New England Patriots select quarterback Jordan Love out of Utah State. Love is a very versatile player. He can run, he can pass, he can read the field. This is a player that the Patriots desperately need to bring a little bit of versatility in their schemes. They haven't had a scrambling quarterback like this ever pretty much. So it'll be a whole new look for them if he can step up and get this starting job and maybe get Nikhil Harry some looks. They could go receiver first round again this year, but they did that last year. I don't think that they want to do that risk again this year. They just need to sit back, get their quarterback, and let a competition brew. With the Patriots, they're not the type of team who picks a quarterback in the first round, though, from the past 10 years. I can see them possibly going after Love here. But I also wouldn't be surprised if another team tried to make a trade with the Patriots here to maybe trade up for Jordan Love or another player that they really like. Wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots are that team that maybe trade back into the first round um, or out of the first round. I would not be surprised at that. But uh, in my opinion, it just seems like Jarrett Stidham is the guy for the New England Patriots. I feel like they've been saying that almost all offseason they said it last year when they said that he will most likely be the guy after Tom Brady it would just be hard for me to see them drafting Jordan Love with this pick the Saints are on the clock for the Saints I mean if you didn't pick Jordan Love I might have just picked him right there because yes Taysom Hill um Sean Payton says that he's his guy but I kind of don't believe that he will be a good starting quarterback or at least a consistent starting quarterback I think he could be a good guy maybe you could try out for a year but I'm not very confident but I mean Sean Payton great coach and he knows what he's doing so I think something you got to really be looking at is the future if you're the New Orleans Saints and Andrews Pete he's leaving for free agency in 2020 you need to draft a tackle right here and uh, best four offensive tackles in this draft they're all gone, but there's a guy here that is worth drafting, I think, at 24 of the later picks, and that's Austin Jackson, the offensive tackle out of USC. Again, like I said, he's not as good as Worf's Wills, Thomas, or Beckton, but he'll still get the job done for you. He'll be a consistent starter, won't wow you with his strength and agility, but he will be there to protect the blind side of Drew Brees, and especially because, again, he's not going to start year one because you have Andrews Pete there but he's a guy that you can bring in so you might not have to pay all that money to Andrews Pete next year that left tackles try to covet in free agency so I think this would be a smart pick for the New Orleans Saints the Saints are another team here I think could very well trade back 
they have a lot of decent talent right now. I think they have the unit right now. They need to make that deep playoff push. And they need to start looking for the future because Drew Brees is only going to get older from here on out. And after he's gone, your team is in dire trouble. So they need to start looking for the future and at least making sure that they stay competitors in the post-Brees era. So I'm not sure if getting a second, mid-second round talent right here is the best pick for the Saints. But I can definitely see why you did it because, yeah, they do need help there. So the Vikings are on the clock. Vikings war room is in a little state of flux here because, again, we still need, I think, a wide receiver. But at the same time, I'm not very excited about the wide receivers who are on the list right now to take with the 25th pick in the draft. So what I'm going to do. Trade proposal. All right. What do you got? A lot like the Rams, the Colts do not have a first round pick. They need someone here and he's still available. They're going to trade away a second round this year, a second round next year, and a third round from this year. Three picks. So you have the 34th overall pick. Yeah, I'll make that trade easily. The Colts are on the clock. As you were saying, Carl, there's a lot of receivers already off the clock. However, I still think that there is a very underrated player here left at the receiver position, and they desperately need receivers because besides T.Y. Hilton, you don't really have much else going on there. And there's a very underrated guy here, I think, has slipped under a lot of people's radars. I think the Colts scouting knows exactly what's up. They see this dude here. And they know that the Vikings need a receiver, so give them an offer they can't refuse. Trade up and get that dude from out from under their nose. With the 25th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Indianapolis Colts select receiver T. Higgins out of Clemson. Higgins, in my opinion, is the third best receiver in this draft. He's not ranked as the third, but I think he is truly the third. He is a big physical guy, a big red zone threat. He can block well. He has physique. You're not going to beat him on those over-the-top passes. And with a struggling quarterback like Jacoby Brissett, Higgins is that type of dude that can get those balls that are a little overthrown because he can reach out and get them with his vertical height. So I think the Colts right here get their guy in Higgins. You know, it's funny you say Higgins because you're right. He's not the next guy on the wide receiver list, at least not the ones I've looked at. But he would have been my pick if I went receiver here as the Vikings. Having seen him play last year, I liked all the things that Higgins brought to the table. I think you're 100% right on as far as what he can do, meaning he can help the quarterback. And uh, in his elder years now, I think that uh, Phillip Rivers is definitely going to appreciate getting to throw the football to him. The Dolphins are on the clock. Dolphins got their offensive lineman earlier, and I can see them doing kind of what the Falcons did last year, doubling up at the offensive line position, because as I said earlier, their offensive line is atrocious. You already got your quarterback. You got him a little bit of protection. Why not get him a little bit more protection? You do not want him getting hit back there, and you want these guys to grow together. So why not? So you have a couple okay players left, but again, some underrated talent here. I think you have to go, because they do not have a center right now. So you might as well go ahead, draft center Cesar Ruiz out of Michigan. He's a decently built dude. He is strong. He can push the pile around and he has a little bit of leadership ability. I think that if you give him time to grow with Wills and Tua, this team could end up forming into a pretty good offense. If I was the Dolphins, if the Buccaneers didn't pick DeAndre Swift, I think 26 If nobody picks DeAndre Swift, 26 is going to have to be the place where they pick him. But, I mean, this is a pretty good pick. Like you said, their offensive line is decimated. They built up their defense tremendously in the offseason, in free agency. So, offense, definitely something they need to build on. And offensive line, great pick here. The Seahawks are on the clock. 
there's one guy that has had a lot of news come around him. And a lot of it was about drug testing and a diluted sample. And this guy, when I see him, I see a guy who went to Wisconsin a couple years ago and now is a Pittsburgh Steeler is going to get money next year with a contract in TJ Watt and another linebacker edge rusher kind of guy. And that is Zach Bond, the edge rusher slash linebacker out of Wisconsin. I could just see him being a Seattle Seahawk and being a guy off of the edge for the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, right now it just looks like you're going to lose to Javion Clowney. So edge rusher, no matter what, is what you're going to have to go after here. So, and I just love the way that Bond plays. I, I think he's an underrated talent, will most likely fall out of the first round, but I just love this guy so much and would love to see him be a Seattle Seahawks. So, uh, yeah, going to pick Bond with this pick. This is kind of interesting to me because I have him as a late second round talent. To have him coming in the late first round, I mean, yeah, they need help at this position, but. I mean, maybe the Seahawks see something adult in scouting. The Ravens are on the clock. Ravens are in a strange position where defense is where they need to find some talent. And uh, right now, I think that if the Ravens were in this situation that we're talking about right now, wow. Uh, I think the guy that's probably on their board here at 28 might be linebacker Patrick Queen. Uh, The linebacking core certainly needs some help, but I'm not sure they would be able to pass up Yuter Grossmatos from Penn State. Uh, with that defensive end still on the board, uh, a guy with his kind of length on the edge, I, I just don't think you can ignore that. And I, I have to believe if he's on the board, the Baltimore Ravens with the 28th pick in the first round of the 2020 NFL draft will take Yuter Grossmatos, the defensive end from Penn State. The Titans are on the clock. You took my guy, Carl. You took my guy. <laughs> mm. They haven't signed Jadavion Clowney yet, which is quite surprising. And maybe that's because they see someone in the draft that they want. I think that guy was Yuter Gross Matos. However, there's still another guy left. And I think they've been talking to him. I think they've been scouting him. Again, I think there's a reason Clowney is not a Titan yet. And that's because with the 29th pick in the 2020 NFL draft, the Tennessee Titans select edge rusher A.J. Epineza out of Iowa. He's fallen under some people's radars. I do think he might, in reality, be a mid-second round talent. However, they desperately need more front seven here to help them out. They have a very solid unit, especially on the other side of the ball. And to have a big guy like Epineza up front to help them on the sides and the edge and get to the quarterback, he could end up forming into a pretty good player here with the Tennessee Titans. I think this is a great value pick. Uh, You know, actually, on, on some of the ratings that I've seen, some folks have Epineza ahead of Gross Matos. So I I don't think this is a, if you lost out on the guy you thought you wanted, you might be getting somebody you like even better here with this pick. The Packers are on the clock. With the Packers, you have three needs right here. You have receiver, you have corner, um, mainly because you have a number one at both positions, but you need a number two guy. But they lost somebody in free agency. And I think there's a reason why, I think the same reason Brandon, you're saying that the Titans aren't going after Clowney because they see a guy in the draft. And I would be surprised if this man is still available at number 30. And that's Patrick Queen, the linebacker out of LSU. He is a guy from LSU that really anchored that defense. Uh, Again, we say that Justin Jefferson and Joe Burrow and Clyde Edwards-Elair, that offense is one of the reasons why LSU won the national championship, was one of the best college football teams if not last year, but ever. 
Um, but that defense helped out a lot too. Queen was a guy who can run all over the field, but also a great run stuffer for that team. And I think he can do it here for the Green Bay Packers. And the Packers, yeah, I think they just got a steal here at number 30. The 49ers are on the clock. For the 49ers, this is going to be a need pick. Uh, and, and you can throw out your ratings and your all the other draft boards and things that you've looked at. Uh, and I think it's just a guy that they I'm hearing that they like. Uh, and uh, so with the 31st pick in the 2020 NFL draft, the San Francisco 49ers are going to take Lloyd Cushenberry, an offensive lineman out of LSU. Uh, I just from things that I've read, this is a guy the Niners have been eyeing kind of a versatile guy on the offensive line. And I think they, they probably like that fact they can move him around maybe because I'm also hearing another guy they like is Damian Lewis, a guard out of LSU, his teammate. And I think Cushenberry though might be a little more versatile than Lewis. And that pushes him over the top for the 49ers with this pick. The chiefs are on the clock. I can possibly see the Kansas City Chiefs trading out of the first round. They have a fairly solid team already. And I mean, why not? However, if they don't get any offers here, there's a glaring need still on their team. And again, I cannot believe this player fell this far into the draft. Uh, They need help here. I mean, it's not a glaring need necessarily. It's not like they don't have anyone at the position already. However, this is the best available. With the 32nd pick in the 2020 NFL draft and rounding out the first round, the Kansas City Chiefs select running back Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin. He is a nice balanced running back. He can break tackles. He can hit the holes hard. He can juke people out of your shoes. And I mean, why not even put him in the return game? I mean, I don't know why you would. You have Tyreek Hill, but still, he's that type of player. He can do it all. And Taylor could very well, I mean, I want to say help an offense out because they don't really need that much help because this offense is already so good. And to add this much more talent, they're going to be even that much more dangerous given a little bit of running back position battle down there in Kansas City might be brewing. You like him better than you like Dobbins? I do. I have Dobbins ranked as my number four running back, actually. Wow. I think Dobbins is a mid-second round. Dobbins is also a power running back. I think that they need more of an elusive running back right now here than a power guy. A lot of these running backs, I think, are going to go in the second round. Swift, in my opinion, is the only guy except maybe, like you said, Taylor going in the first round. But a lot of these guys, like my favorite in this draft classes Clyde Edwards Eler he is a guy who is a power back but a shifty power back who has speed who can get on the edge and be one of those running backs who can help you both in the pass game and even the blocking game and also obviously the run game as a running back well ladies and gentlemen that rounds out the first round pick all 32 picks are off the board I want to thank our three GMs for coming out it was a great NFL draft and we'll return next year with the same and I mean we could be doing the seven more rounds but that would just be a lot and absolutely no need because the first round is everyone's favorite that's when everyone's be tuning in and of course we'll be back after the draft to give a recap of the draft because I'm sure that there's a lot going to happen. We're not going to get everything right. This isn't what's going to happen. This is just for fun. And this is what we think is going to happen. So this is all fun and games. Thank you all very much for coming out. As always, Blitz crew, Brandon Wells, Justin Rogers, special guest today, Carl Magenhofer. Thank you very much for coming out, man. Hey, I really appreciate it. Had a lot of fun and uh, maybe one or two of our picks will be right. Maybe one or two. I think that's about how much we got right last year. especially after my crazy DK Metcalf trade that just did not happen. And looking back now, anyways, thank you all very much for listening. We'll be back same time as always next week and stay purple. This has been beyond the blitz.